This is Hashtag Authentic, a podcast for creatives, dreamers and entrepreneurs online. I'm your host, Sarah Tasker, a certified coach specialising in creative business and all things related to social media and the digital realm. This is episode number 108. Hello, my friends. How's everyone doing? Are you all good in these unprecedented times? Again, I'm so sick of unprecedented times. Bring back the precedented, please. All is forgiven. Let's go back to boring and normal, please, any day soon. It is a difficult time, I know, for so many people. If you're showing up online, if you're running a business, it can be really hard to know how to keep showing up when maybe your brain is creating a lot of difficult thoughts and also the landscape keeps shifting and it's hard to know what's appropriate. So if you're struggling with that, I am here for you. I understand. And I want to remind everyone that there's really no right or wrong. You're allowed to keep doing your job. You're allowed to keep showing up however you need to, to put food on your table. And what we see of people online is the smallest percentage of their whole contribution to the world. So Don't let anyone tell you what your activism should look like or how you have to be showing up right now. I've decided that for the next month, I'm going to be doing a weekly live coaching call for anyone who wants to come along and just get some coaching on their business. So it's going to be Mondays at 12 noon GMT on my Instagram and Instagram live. So all you need to do is be following me. I'm at me underscore and underscore all on Instagram. And it should pop up and tell you, or you can just be on my page at that time and the live will appear behind my stories icon. Come along and put your hand up to be coached live. I'm hoping to bring some people on and we'll share the screen and you can tell us all what's going on and then get some coaching and hopefully get unstuck and figure out what's next for you in your business. So hopefully some of you will join me there. Hopefully it won't just be me and my cats. I'd love to see you. And it's going to be very casual. Bring a cup of tea, be in your pajamas if you need to, and we'll have a chat. So that's going to be the next four Mondays and possibly going forwards. We'll see how it goes. Also coming soon from me is a program I've been working on called Sell Your Shit. I am so excited about this. It is born from all of the coaching calls we have in the Insta retreat where I see so many people struggling with the exact same problems around showing up, around selling confidently, taking up space online and letting people know about your products and really connecting to the value of what you do so that you can communicate that to your potential customers in a way that's really natural, but also authoritative and meaningful. And I think it ties so closely with our own issues around self-esteem and self-belief and all of the messages we've had in the past about what it means to be selly or spammy or promotional and I'm really excited to start unpicking this and get everybody taking up the space that they deserve in 2022 and making the money that we deserve so sell your shit is coming it's going to be going on sale at the end of March and we're kicking off in April and it's the smallest group program I've ever done so spaces are going to be very limited I will share more details about it in the coming weeks but the reason I wanted to mention it now is that the community for the small group is going to be hosted on Mighty Networks. And Mighty Networks is the project of today's guest. 
Gina Biancini, my guest today, is the founder and CEO of Mighty Networks. And I first found Mighty as an alternative to Facebook groups for running a community alongside a course like the Insta Retreat. Calling it an alternative to Facebook group doesn't really do it justice because it is so much more. And it's also quite different to Facebook groups. If you were a part of my Artist Way community, we used Mighty there. Or if you were in 15 Minute Magic in the past, we've also used Mighty Networks. So you might have dabbled with it there or in something else before, or maybe it's brand new to you. There's lots of reasons I love it. It really helps you connect with like-minded people. It has a real sense of community and separateness that you don't get from Facebook. And there's lots of exciting features that Gina and the team have built into it that help encourage community and connection that we're going to talk about in the interview you're going to hear in a moment. Gina is also just a huge inspiration in the way she navigates the big boys club of tech and Silicon Valley and how she's taking up space herself and making real change in the way that we connect and communicate online together. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi Gina, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Could you give a quick introduction to yourself and all the work that you do for anyone who is new to hearing you? I lo- I, by the way, I love quick and like all the work you do. Um, let me see if I could summarize it in, in one very short sentence, which is, you know, I, I am passionate. Actually, one long sentence. How about that? Uh, I am passionate about how people come together in communities that specifically are mastering something interesting or important together. Uh, I love creators. I love people who see and have a vision, not just in terms of a topic or an interest or a passion or a goal or a lifestyle, uh, but also people who are leaders and mentors and, 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 group admins even, um, who really understand the power of bringing people together on that journey to master something interesting and important to them that they can't otherwise do very easily on their own. Wow. I love that. I, so I, love- I do, I do that in, I have done that, uh, at, on, at two different, um, community platforms, one being Ning, which we started back in 2004 and really sort of saw it take off in 2007 to 2010. And now with Mighty Networks, which is really about serving the creator who wants to unlock and connect, you know, what, what maybe a following on social media or an email list or their course um, students or in many cases, and this is the thing that I am so excited about, which is people who are starting communities from scratch in 2020 yeah. and see the power of what's possible when you start with, I want to help a group of people be able to do something, be a part of something bigger than themselves, have a common goal that, that, that's impossible to accomplish as, as just a single individual and to come together to build the skills, to take on the challenges and to seize the opportunities of coming together around that, that interest or, or important topic. Oh, Gina, I feel like we need to fill the whole episode just unpacking your introduction to yourself. Because <laughs> <laughs> there is so much gold in there. I guess like, let's start by giving people a bit more info on Mighty Networks, because that is what brought me to you. I began to use it about 12 months ago for just kind of experimenting with and now using it as part of my paid programs. So how do you describe it to someone who's brand new to the platform? 
Yeah, we are a platform for bringing people together uh, in a number of different ways. Um, and that's what's really beautiful about what, what we're building is, is the flexibility, but also the structure. So you can basically come to a Mighty Network and create one for free. Uh, all the good stuff is on the paid version, but there's still awesome. <laughs> all the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like there's a fair amount of good stuff on the on on the free uh, the free plan, as we call it. But you you can you can have a community. You can also choose to have uh, events, subgroups, um, so special. Uh, you know, imagine mastermind groups, but also, and this was something that is so fascinating to me because we didn't anticipate and didn't start thinking that we would build the ability to run online courses directly in a mighty network. But what, what we found is as we built out just a really compelling community platform, our creators came to us and they're like, why don't you just build online courses directly into a mighty network that would allow me to like have one less service to pay for. Um, and, and while I want to be able to do it kind of in my own way on my own time, when, what I know about student success is if I don't have my community and my courses together in the same place, it's a lot harder to achieve. So we did it. We built in online courses to a mighty network. And then we've since even layered on the ability to create different bundles and, and flexibility in how you charge for courses, community or memberships, subscriptions, one-time fees, all together in one place, all under your brand and instantly available on every platform. Yeah. So the way I use it within my own courses, just for people who are kind of uh, familiar with my classes, is it's kind of the replacement for Facebook groups. And I'm I'm not saying that that's all it does, because obviously it has so much more, so much more flexibility than a Facebook group. But that was really what drew me initially, because I hear from a lot of people who take my classes that they are not fans of Facebook. There's a certain irony in that because the majority of my classes have an Instagram focus, but everyone hates Facebook, but loves Instagram. So I was very open to what else is out there? Like who is doing it better? And that's how I discovered you guys. I'm curious, what was it that made you decide that something new or different was needed? That what existed currently on the marketplace just wasn't meeting the needs? Uh, that's a really good question. Um, what I would say is that it's less of, you know, we sat down and we did a competitive analysis of, you know, or, or we were motivated by any, any, um, platform where we're like, oh, Facebook groups suck. You know, like that wasn't actually, you know, where, where we came from, where we were coming from was actually a different, a different place and a different question, which is what could we do with software that would enable people to have natural, uh, supportive and really productive communities and relationships around the things that were most important to them. And that was really the journey that we started to go on. So, so specifically we want to enable creators like, like you, um, to be able to bring your people together, uh, and to do it in one place and to do it 
in a way, and this I think is the really important piece, which is when you create your own destination, you know, there's all sometimes, you know, a lot of fear around that of like, oh my gosh, is anybody going to show up? Mm -hmm. You know, is anybody going to engage? You know, everybody's so busy. They don't want another, you know, uh, there's always going to be a set of people that if you have a Facebook group, that are going to be like, I need another login. Like I need a hole in the head, you know? And, um, and, you know, it, so it can be really scary. And so what, what was important for us in creating Mighty Networks and, and specifically the ability for a creator to build and, and, and grow their own Mighty Network um, was how, how do we make something and create something that really is consistent with our vision of the world, which is a world of you know, millions of thriving communities where people can go deeper together, but also, you know, in, in a very beautiful and natural way, build new kinds of cultures and new kinds of norms that just un- unfortunately aren't possible on Facebook today when so many of the groups are, you know, you're interacting with them in a three second view in mm-hmm. your newsfeed, you know, preceded by and followed by outrage anger, uh, uh, you know, some level of toxicity, and then, you know, some really cute pictures of your friend's, <laughs> you know, your friend's kid. Um, and so, and so when, when we thought about that, you know, it was about creating a pretty different model and having a very clear vision of where we want the world to be and, and the world to go, which is, you know, when, when you think about the vision you have for what you're creating. And and what we know is that people pay attention to the things that they pay for. And so as you think about what your paid program is, um, you can help people accomplish something that they simply can't accomplish on their own. And you do that because you're actually giving them focus. You're giving them support. You're creating the conditions by which, you know, when they wake up in the morning, when any of us wake up in the morning, we're like, oh, I don't want to work out or, oh, I don't want to write that thing. Or, oh, I know I need to be changing this habit, but it's just so much easier to do X, Y, or Z. They actually see a notification on their phone that is some other member telling their story of feeling exactly the same way and powering through anyways you know what that actually does? It's like, oh yeah, well, if that person can do it, I can probably do it. And you do that enough times in enough really small and compelling ways. And you've got something really powerful in terms of helping people realize, you know, their goals, their aspirations, and to do so in a way that's supported and, and really fun and energizing. It is that power of the human. And that's something that has been stripped away from a lot of the large social media platforms, just kind of as a byproduct of algorithms. So in the early days of Instagram, like you would log in and see what everyone was doing at that exact moment in time, wherever they were in the world and have that kind of buoyant human connection. Whereas now you log in and you maybe see what everyone was doing last Friday night or, you know, everyone's celebrating Christmas three days too late. And I do think that there is something lost. It makes the connections less powerful. It makes them feel less authentic when we lose the immediacy of the humanity, which is something I really loved about getting back in in, with Mighty Networks. So I'm super curious about your background and your skill set that led you to this place where you felt like this was possible. Because I, I hear what you're saying, and I imagine a lot of people do have dreams like this, have visions like this. But when it actually comes to taking such a huge, tremendous leap and, and you know, finding capital and finding investors and building a startup, 
that feels too terrifying. So how have you become this incredible woman that can make it happen? Well, I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> oh, damn, you've not got an nice answer. You know, and I, I, uh, I don't know. Um, but, you know, here's, here's the thing that I would say is I think there's too much um, uh, mystic um, uh, salivating all over the, the, you know, sexiness of raising money and building software and creating, you know, massive companies and all this. And I, I don't recommend this path to, to people. (laughs) I, I don't, I don't recommend it. And, and I don't recommend it, especially to folks who are creative and who could build a really, really, really important business, really important community, really important content on their own using the tools today that are now available. Uh, I, uh, I really believe that the reason, you know, we had to, you know, we had to build Mighty Networks is it just didn't exist. The, the fundamental model for, um, for creating networks of people who could, could interact with each other uh, and, and do so in a way that, that was about their humanity, the ability to focus. I mean, the fundamental issue with, with Facebook is, you know, it is, it, it is fundamental it's about distractions. They don't mm-hmm. care how, why you stay on Facebook. They just want you to stay on Facebook and see, you know, see highly targeted ads. So when you think about what it means to be a part of a community that is mastering something interesting or important together, you actually need focus. You need the ability to have something that is away from the noise and clutter of other platform or, you know, other, other distractions. Um, and so that actually required a new platform. Um, but I think some of the most amazing businesses being created today, I regularly, I'm like, okay, why did I do it this way? Um, (laughs) you know, it's like, actually my customers are building better businesses than, and have like a better lifestyle in what they're creating than I do. Uh, and so I, I think it's really about starting in all cases with what's, you know, what's your mission, what's your purpose, what's important to you? You know, I'm, I'm obsessed with this question of how do we create the right dynamics that unlock millions of people to connect in the right ways, in constructive way. And I shouldn't say right in constructive, positive, forward moving and, and supportive communities that help people realize their full potential and their full potential in ways that are constructive and positive and about the things that bring us together, not the things that tear us apart. And so, so for me, I had to, to actually go and, you know, raise money, find software engineers, build software, then take that software and build on top of it, a culture, a community and, and, you know, strategy, how to use it um, on top of it. If I wanted to achieve that big, super, hairy, ambitious goal. And it is, is not been easy, but at the same point in time, you know, I think one of the things that's, um, so powerful about this moment is, is the need for communities when all of the old, you know, you know, playbooks and Mm -hmm. literal books and, um, and, 
you know, all the content marketing that exists out there of like five mistakes people make when they think about their user experience career or whatever those things, they're all irrelevant today. We are, we are operating in a time and a moment that there is no, there is no playbook for. We're making it up as we go along. And the single best place to make up things as you go along is in a small trusted community of people who are there on the same journey, on the same path, and are clear in what they're supposed to be, you know, doing together. Yeah. And how would you define a community? This is a question I get asked an awful lot. Like, where does it differ for you from an audience, say, or a following or a marketplace? I think it's such a great question um, and, and one that is very obvious to me, but I don't think it's obvious kind of in, in a lot of different places. And I have, you know, reasons for believing that to be the case, <laughs> what's motivating other people. So to me, a community is, is a network of people who are able to meet and build relationships with each other such that the the community gets more valuable to everyone in it with each new person who joins and contributes. So each new person who joins and contributes and shares their stories, their experiences, their ideas, you know, how they're, you know, applying concepts or frameworks in their own life. When, when you start to bring people together that, that are having different experiences with the same ideas or, or they're expanding on them, they're riffing on them, they are remixing them. That is the power of a community. It's about the nodes in the network, just to sound super technical and dorky. (laughs) It's about the nodes in the network being comfortable and having a culture where they can build relationships directly with each other. Now compare that to your Instagram following. Your Instagram following is I talk out at you, you talk back at me. I now, as the creator with that following, think that I have a community because people are talking back to me. It's two-way, but a community is multi-way. Yes. And the reality is that people aren't really like in your Instagram comments, aren't sitting there being like, hey, Gina, that was a really great point that you just made in the Instagram comments. Um, How about this? And then it becomes you know, a, a place where people can build relationships with each other. Now, some of that can happen in small groups and DMs and other things like that, but uh, it's not um, it's not necessarily uh, the, the same kind of thing. It's not built for it, is it? Like it doesn't make it easy in the same way that every time I run my Twitter chat, I'm like, Twitter does not make this easy. I'm not using the software in the way right, it was designed. Right. And, and look, audiences are powerful, but you know, increasingly when, when you're building an audience, they're fleeting, meaning you know, people come in and out. They don't have the same relationship. They don't have the same strength of tie to, to you and each other. As a result, you know, you're spending all your day as a creator competing for people's attention yeah. every single time you post. And you're competing with very diverse and wide-ranging uh, things that can get their attention and put them in different moods and states of being and anger and, you know, because anger sells. And anger you know, is what, you, you know, That's outrage is, is what the, what, you know, what the algorithms prioritize. And so, you know, do you really want to be spending your time and energy investing in that world to fight every day for attention? Or do you want to use that audience and that, you know, that ability to, to, to 
capture somebody's attention, bring them into a community, uh, or at least you know some percentage of those people into a community where now you actually can be creating something much more valuable because it's not just about what you're contributing, it's what, uh, what each and every one of your members is contributing as well. That is interesting and that is powerful and that is a better asset for any business or brand or just individual creator um, and much more importantly, every member than anything. Yes, yes. I mean, like a question I get asked all the time in any interview is like, how do we build community? And my answer increasingly these days has been, you don't build a community, you create, you hold space for a community mm. and invite people yeah. in. And I think that that's, a, that's like too theoretical. You, you've explained it much more clearly that actually what you do is you carve out a space and say, this is where it's safe to talk about these things. Mm-hmm. You, you will meet like-minded people here who understand you and then you hold that space. And, and sometimes that means even moderating a space or, you know, depending on the climate of what it is you're talking about. Um, but it, that's very different to just trying to like grow your Instagram following where you really got very little control over who is following you and how they're finding you and whether their views or their values are going to align. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said. I guess the other side to that though is how would you respond to people saying that there's a danger of building echo chambers? Um, it's, I think it's a really good point. However, I will also say, what's the alternative? I mean, is there a world that exists anywhere where um, we're, we're not drawn to people that have a shared perspective or, or a shared purpose. And, and, and let me contrast that. So the, day, you know, the days post-World War II, where there were three broadcast television channels and there was this notion that like it was fair and balanced and and you know there was one objective view to have Th- that was a artificial construct uh it is it is not how we as people tend to want to operate and that's just kind of a reality of the situation here's the thing that i would offer as a as a contrast though to uh to this notion of of you know diverse perspectives or because I, I do think there's a role and, and, a, and a, um, a value to diversity and inclusion and in perspectives, not just not just from a you know gender or race or or background perspective, but in terms of different points of view. And again, that notion of you can set up a framework and you have different members contributing their experience, their application of that framework of those those concepts um, in a really compelling and, and interesting way, especially if they're doing it from different backgrounds and different you know different people uh, and different experiences. I think the best way to start to create much more interesting, diverse groups of people coming together is actually to change the conversation. So, and and unfortunately, I I don't see a way to do that without getting out of social media, without spending less time there. I don't think any of us are going to spend zero time there, but we're going to spend less and less time there. So, so social media has really perfected and, and sort of everybody who is using it of billions of people who are using it, some for very, um, toxic reasons, some for, you know, state-based, you know, military reasons, some for just, you know, wanting to find belonging and community in, in, um, 
in being against something or against the other. And I think that that's happening on all sides in part because it's, you know, it's what's enabled by the algorithms, but it's also mm. really powerful. It's like what we kind of, it's, it, it's our, it, it's the part of us as human beings that, you know, if we choose to live in a civilized society, we have to fight or at least be, you know, aware of and, and try to do something different. So I believe that the topics of whether it's politics, it's all, all of the topics that divide us, sometimes the best thing to do is find common ground in a completely different area. Whether that is, you know, conservatives and liberals coming together to be able to think about how do we create the most successful businesses possible? Or how do we think about skills related to selling um, um, software or, or a yoga practice or whatever that might be? The, the, more that, the way that I believe we're going to break down walls and we're going to build bridges to people that we may not have things in common with is through actually finding things that we do have in common and talking about those things as opposed to the um, well-established, well-worn lines of division and and messaging that that all of us have that that we have perfected and and used to say who is our you know who's on our side and who's against us. And I guess that's where this distinction between social media and a social network becomes really key, at least kind of in how I envisage it. I think there's um, a really old like paradox that was named on Reddit called the fluff paradox. I may be remembering the name wrong, but basically the premise being that whatever content is easiest to instantly judge will always rise to the top. And I think that we've seen that play out. Like when it was coined, they called it the fluff paradox, meaning like it'll be pictures of kittens and it'll be just fluffy stuff. But of course, as it's evolved, it's become the stuff that's easy to judge positively and negatively that we love to see at the top of our news feeds. And that's now become mainstream on anywhere that's kind of algorithmically governed. That is that is the the law at work. So social media is somewhere where it's aggregating lots of different people's content by that rule of the easier it is to have a snap judgment about it, the more likely you are to see it. Whereas a social network, which like Mighty, is really showing you a kind a completely different kind of content. Would that be fair to say? I think that's right. And when your users use Mighty Networks, because I've only really used it mainly as a kind of group holder and as a member of that group but do you see people joining and being members of multiple groups or do they tend to find one or two that they really become invested in that community and stick around yeah it's it's invested in one or two um and and that's how we're designed you know we we are not trying to be a marketplace for all the different groups that you would possibly want to be a part of um first of all that's really challenging to try to to, to accomplish as a as a small but rapidly growing company and platform but the other thing is you know if if what you're looking for is kind of that you know lightweight fandom that you want to kind of keep mm-hmm. up with the teams you like or you know pop culture based like all of that stuff it's fine to have you know in social media or, you know, a a text thread with your friends over iMessage or WhatsApp. It's, you know, the place we really focus in on, um, you know, because startups need to have focus. 
uh, our focus is really around that creator who has a unique personality and point of view for bringing people together to master something interesting or important to them. And so when you think about mastering something interesting or important to them, you know, we're not building, you know, there is no feed, for example, across multiple mighty networks. And then you like, if we do that, we're just, we're trying to compete with Facebook, which is Mm. like, stupid. Uh, so, so for us, the model that we have is, you know, we want a mighty network to really be in the mental space of a creator and and their members in the same way that they would have a Shopify store or they would have a Squarespace website or, you know, a WordPress website. But instead of just something that is static or about physical e-commerce, we want to create really this, this ability for that creator to build their own culture norms community and and to have lots of tools in their toolbox to be able to mix and match whether it's a resource library whether it's courses whether it is events whether it's polls and prompts and questions whatever that might be that really enables them to uh, bring out their personality because the personality you know and and the and the creator themselves it's, it's less about their expertise. It's less about, you know, number of years of experience that they have. And it's much more about, you know, do they make an idea or a change that somebody wants to make in their lives? Do they make it accessible to the people who might be sitting there saying, oh, I can't do that. Or, you know, I, I'm, I don't have enough experience. I, you know, am, am in the wrong place. I don't make enough money. I don't do this well. I don't do, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not capable enough. I don't have the right credentials. And what a creator's role is, is to say, actually, that's where I was too. And I, through trial and error and some luck and some hard work got to this place. And I've come up with a framework or structure for making it easier for people to come together and to realize their goals and their aspirations in, in ways that are easier, faster, and more fun. Um, because we're going to do it together with other people that have the same energy and the same, and, and, and the same goals, but with different experiences coming at it from different places. And the beautiful thing about being online is, and come at it from places all over the world. Yeah. You know, we're talking today, you know, from, from, I think you're in the UK and I'm in California. Um, and, and if all we were looking to do was, you know, in real life or, you know, IRL kind of experiences, we'd never have this opportunity. And so I even look at this moment that we're in right now as certainly accelerating trends that were already happening, but also forcing us to see, you know, if, if we're looking for it, the, the even richer, deeper value of what's possible when you start with digital and then you expand to in real life connections over time. Which will resonate with lots of listeners to this podcast. In fact, everything you've just said, I feel like you have just described my business 100%. And also I imagine a lot of people are listening and feeling like they've really been seen by the way you've just described that sort of creative-led, passion-led business. Um, And they do then turn into these real-life relationships like so many of my closest, especially my closest business friends are people I met through this digital world that not that long ago, we thought it was very odd 
to make connections that way. And, and right, it's, right. Um, so like, I remember the days when my mom would freak out when I would say I was going to meet someone off the internet. And, and I got to tell you the thing I'm the most excited about right now, uh, is the fact that, you know, the software can do so much more work to make meeting interesting people natural and normal. As, as long as you do one thing that you, you, you develop and create the structure, the culture and the norms that, that any creator can do, because that's, you know, that's what motivates them in many cases is, is that unique point of view, that, that different point of view in terms of how they approach a topic or a goal or a lifestyle or a framework or, you know, it's, it's something people want to learn and master. So here's what's so cool is that I, I believe what's going to happen is that the software is going to get better and better and better at connecting people to each other in ways that make it safe and fun and normal to, to make the kinds of connections that we're making right here over this interview. And then over time, I think that in real life experiences, whether that's going on trips together, whether that is, you know, some kind of retreat, whether that is, um, you know, different kinds of conferences, they're going to move from being something that's awkward or like, oh, I should probably go to that thing and I'll just go for a couple hours and then I'll like network with a bunch of people. But then you show up at it and it's like super weird and you're like, okay, well, where am I supposed to meet all these people that I came here to network with? And why did I just spend like, you know, hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars to be here if like, I don't even know other than serendipis, you know, through serendipity, who I would actually meet. And then it's like at lunchtime, you're like, oh, like, should I sit down at a table? But I don't know these people. But isn't that the whole point of a conference is that I'm supposed to meet people that I don't already know. And then if you go to a conference with your friends, you just paid like $1,000 to hang out with your friends. <laughs> um, you know, like we've all been there. So what I think is going to happen is that we're going to increasingly use through these safe, through these trusted creator-led communities where people actually are comfortable getting to know each other, then events and conferences are going to become almost more like reunions. Yeah, like a meetup. Like, like not just a meetup to meet new people, but but the meetup that's like, okay, we're we're we are actually more of a club. Yeah. We are people that have interacted with each other and we have, we have gotten through all of the awkward, like we don't have to sit down awkwardly at a table to try to meet each other. We actually know and have ways to, to build relationships in the digital world so that in real life we can go deeper and have not just energizing conversations, but probably a hell of a lot more fun. Yeah, as someone who's not a fan of small talk, I think that's one of the reasons right. I would like digital first relationships because there's yeah. no pleasantry. Like, I don't have to find out like where you went to school and what your favorite color is. I could ask you yeah. straight away, like, you know, yeah. what keeps you awake at night? Yeah. <laughs> and people who want to talk about that can come and talk about it. I think it would be interesting, actually, like just for people listening, if I talk a little about how. I personally use Mighty Network. So I use it for my 15-minute magic program, which Gina is a program where people get a daily 15-minute activity prompt sent to their phone. 
which is designed to help them move forward with their creative business. So it's all about overcoming procrastination, taking risks, doing things that maybe feel a bit strange or uncomfortable because it's only for 15 minutes. So Mighty is the place where that whole community is held. If you need any extra resources for a prompt, so sometimes there might be a little bit of a written tutorial or, you know, some screenshots to kind of take you through it, that is all there in the community, which immediately pulls people in because if they want to do the task today, they're going to have to log in and come into the community. Right, 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 right. A few times a week, we use the chat room there. So that's Mm -hmm. literally like old school chat room. I I feel like I'm so old when I talk about these things, but old school chat room. And we meet up at a a pre-agreed time and we all work. So we, it's for an hour, we share what we're going to work on and then we work for an hour and then we come back and share how we got on and share links to the things that we created. And like that, the power of even just that, of showing up in real time with people and sitting like working for an hour, you can't even see each other, but there's a real connection that was like pulling at you through the screen. Um, and we also have like obviously video kind of coaching calls and all of the discussion in the community where whenever, whenever anyone is stuck, whenever anyone has a breakthrough, whenever anyone completes a worksheet, like there is a space for all of it. Mm-hmm. And you do by the end of it, like there are friendships made that last long beyond the program and people who are meeting up in real life. One of my favorite features that you have on Mighty, it's so simple, but you would never get it on a network like Facebook is when it suggests people with similar specialties or like interests to you and people who are geographically close to you. And it's just like, hey, have you checked out these members? Because they're near to you. Like such a simple thing, but it makes such powerful connections. I am so glad that you um, are finding value from that. That's one of our favorite features. And also we're about to do like a whole new, um, more flexible version of that that we're super excited about getting to as quickly as we can. Well, yeah, because I guess the the capability of the technology there is is huge because we already know that that social media knows everything about us and our interests and our likes and our dislikes, but kind of doesn't use it very helpfully. Quite often uses it to show us things that are going to antagonize. Right. Uh, Well, except for ads. I mean, the ads on, you know, Facebook or Instagram are really, you know, great. You know, they're like, oh yeah, I totally need that kitchen pan or... (laughs) Or you know what? That is a really creative way of a cutting board or outfit or whatever. It, the, the the targeting of ads is truly the most amazing innovation of social media. And and unfortunately, you know they can do it because of the toxicity and the you know the the outrage engine, which is like such a bummer. Um, because it would be great if it wasn't that case. And again, I don't think social media is going away. I just, I I would like to live in a world where we're spending um, less and less time in social media and more and more time in communities that, that are very, very much like the one you just described. So I guess there's kind of two strands here that I want to ask you about, because there'll be a lot of people listening who are what you described. They have maybe an established audience on somewhere like Instagram, but they don't feel like they have a place where they can really hold that community. They're listening. They may be thinking, oh, maybe I need to start something on Mighty Networks. Um, How does someone go about doing that? How do they go about migrating those people over to a fresh space? So so first and foremost, if you're starting with an audience or a following, you're not going to get everybody and that's okay. That's not the point. The point of creating a community 
where people are able to go deeper and build relationships with each other in, in the journey to master something interesting or important to them. You can start small. And what you're really looking for are the people that matter, you know, that, that are the most motivated right now. We, we call them and talk about them as your ideal members. I mean, it's not, you know, the, the most profound statement in the world, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's not like we invented the idea of an ideal customer or an ideal member, but, but we, but we certainly embrace it. And the reason we embrace it is because once you get that core set of people who are the most motivated and you've, you know, you've just created the right structure for them, we call it community design. It's a very simple framework that, you know, it, I always think about it as, you know, so much of what people talk about sometimes with communities, and you see this a lot on, on social media where it's like, community building is so hard. You have to be willing to grind it out, you know, like all this stuff about how mm. hard, hard, hard it is. I'm like, it's not hard. It's just, you actually need a slightly different approach because you actually have a slightly different set of goals for it, right? So so the way that that we think about it is there are sort of five key things you need to create a thriving community away, like all your own, away from the noise and clutter of social, you know, social media or other things kind of going on in people's lives. And once you have those things, um, again, the community design principles, and, and, you know, I talk about them and we talk about them a lot, um, both in a, in a, paid community design masterclass that we teach, but also just on a mighty network. So you can come to a mighty network, you can create one for free. We have something called the mighty checklist that is so easy to go through. And you get all of this, you know, great information about how to create a community that you could actually charge for. And that also will bring people back and really create something that's self-organizing. Um, so when, when, when we look at that, you just want to focus in on on quality over quantity up front, and then once you have that, you can start to expand from there. Uh, what's also really important when you're creating a community all your own is that you need and, and are going to want to build something that's different from what you're doing in social media. So one of the mistakes people make is they're like, oh, I, you know, I've been working really hard on my free Facebook group forever. Now I want to charge for it. I'm going to charge $5 a month and I'm going to put it somewhere else. And then people don't understand why that doesn't necessarily work. Mm -hmm. What works instead, and, and by the way, you'll make the same amount of money and actually have a much more profound experience as the creator and your members will also have a much more profound experience. If you create sort of a simple paid program, sounds like, you know, the folks that, that are taking advantage of the, the, uh, 15 minute magic program, understand that, you know, once you have that kind of a, a, of a, of a structure or a framework is kind of how I think about it. Once you have that, you could actually charge a lot more money to a smaller number of people, get that going. And then when you're ready to scale, you're scaling at a much more um, uh, meaningful, uh, valuable, and revenue-producing kind of program, as opposed to thinking, hey, I have 10,000 followers on Instagram. I'm going to get 8,000 to join me on this other thing and start paying me $5 a month. And then the math works. The reality is, if you have 10,000 followers, you still want to create something where you could charge you know, 50 or 100 people $500 and see a lot more value from that approach in that model to start. And then you can scale it up over time. Well, and it's also way more manageable to hold community and to make it a valuable space with 
you know, 200 members, 100 members than it is for 8,000 voices to all be fighting to be heard in a new space at once. Having kind of had moments like that within my business where it's got too big too quick. Yeah. I, I definitely see the value yeah. in, in well, that quality and, over quantity. Yeah. And, and, the, and, and this is another place that people sometimes get tripped up is, you know, when you've spent years at this point, decade, a decade at this point, valuing your, yourself, your brand, your, your value in the number of people who follow you or the size of your email list, it making that shift to quality over quantity can be challenging. And yet when you do it, something magical gets unlocked. And I would say as a coach, so much of the time, the real reason people want to sell to a huge number of people for a small price point is way more to do with their comfort about charging for their worth. Yes. And yes. how easy it feels in your brain to sell at $5 yeah. versus 500 And yeah. doing that work, it means that you become the next level of, of business owner as well, which means you you automatically have more to teach and more value. And it's so true. It's so true. I the other the other thing that uh that i so so the things that have gotten me comfortable with this and and advocating for this is one you know i want people to pay attention to the things that are important to them yeah and they pay attention to what they pay for yes uh and the more they pay the more they pay attention so you know and, and it's so clear in our numbers that that is in fact the case so then it's also then shifted to, wow, if I want to get people better results and, and true transformation, I actually have to charge them. And I have to charge them a fair amount so that they'll pay attention. And the, the benefit of that is that then I'm going to level up in what I'm offering uh, and the value that I want to provide. And I can get them because when, when you have this model of a framework with you know, different and diverse people going through this framework together on a journey to master something interesting or important to them, it's actually much more effective in getting people results than even one-on-one consulting, coaching, therapy, training. It, 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 the power of what you're doing in terms of people being able to truly do something they couldn't do on their own, just goes up dramatically. So there's just all sorts of interesting moments. And I'm sure you see this. We certainly see this in, in our community design masterclass uh, where when, when that light bulb goes off for people or you know, they come back to the, to, to the course and they're like, I did it. You know, I have 30 members who, you know, and it turns out they actually want to pay my, you know, premium platinum version at 179 a month. And, you know, they thought through what are the alternatives? What are people paying for otherwise? They're not just saying like, what would I be comfortable charging? Like yeah. if you're just starting with what I would be comfortable charging, you're, you're kind of, you're doing something, you're doing something wrong. You're almost guaranteed to wait undercharge yes. so yeah. fun to blow your own mind with like yeah what you actually can do yeah, um that's well said so just quickly would you advise much by way of a different strategy for someone who's brand new you know you mentioned there's no playbook and it's possible to start from scratch in 2020 which I think 
a lot of people don't believe. People really think that they've missed the boat, that it's too late. Hey, right? I know. Well, here's the thing that's really surprising. You know, so so we've started we've started asking people when they create a mighty network. You know, where where are you at? You know, like what best describes you? And by far the biggest number is not even you know people who are oh I'm just exploring here. It's I want to start a community from scratch. And so, so here is the secret to starting a community from scratch. You can create a community with 10 people. You can charge for a community with 10 people. And once you have a clear purpose for your community, which again, we help you step-by-step get that through, you know, through not just the software, but the strategy and the community design principles and things that that we realize are super important to getting somebody set up successfully with a thriving community of their own. Um, once you once you f- have these sort of simple principles in place, you can totally do it. The biggest thing I think that gets in people's way is fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the second is that there's expectations around, it's about how many members I have. It's about more members or better member, you know, is, is, is more success, which is true when you're building an audience. It's not true when you're building a community. Um, another one would be, uh, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to do so much work. This is all about how much content I produce. It's not about how much content you produce. It's how fast you get people results. They're not paying for your their, your content. They're not paying for your programming, your events. They're paying for their ability to get results in the most fun, energizing, and supportive way possible where they, they look around at the other members and they hear the other members' stories and they're like, I'm in the right place for me. This is actually the, you know, the best version of myself. This is, this is like who I want to be and the people I want to surround myself with. And I'm actually doing things that I didn't think I was going to be able to do. And we all know that energy and, and how hard it can be to build that network around you in real life. A lot of the time, like I live in a really tiny rural village, so I don't have a huge amount of choice about the people that I maybe see on a day-to-day basis, but I have a lot of control over who I hang out with online and who, whether their energy is supporting me to do new things or dragging me back. That's right. And, and that is just simply easier to do in a private or paid community that, that is starting from scratch with 10 people where the, the creator or the person that started it from scratch is like, Hey, this is what we're going to do together. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a sage on the stage. I'm like, you know, on the side as a guide, even though I know that's super dorky to say, but I love that expression. <laughs> I've never heard that before. That's so oh good. yeah. It's not mine. Um, but it's certainly, it's the, the, the guide versus the expert is really where so much magic happens. Gina, this is so valuable. I wish I could talk to you about this all day, but I know your time is super precious. So can you tell me quickly, what are your plans for the next 12 months? What can we expect to see? Well, the big thing that's coming out in the next few weeks is we are we are doing a full revamp of our events feature. So we'll we'll make it even easier for people to get started because, you know, if you think about it, a community in its in its essence could be as something as simple as a weekly recurring event, you know, online, like yeah. a Zoom call. Yeah. A weekly recurring Zoom call is a community. And so we'll basically be um, 
adding into this a calendar view, Zoom integration. So you'll be able to actually have in-app Zoom sessions. I love that. Yes, please. Um, That that will be super amazing. Um, more sort of rich visual elements in our, in our events and also recurring or repeating events as well. And a couple other things that make it just even more fun and, and easier to use. I cannot wait to get my hands on some of that. Um, yeah, I'm excited. So you're not really a social media user, are you? Do you use Twitter? I do. I do. Right. So I, I can send I, people I, there. <laughs> yes. Although I will say that the more fun place to send people is our mighty hosts community. So hosts are what we call the people who who um, create and run mighty networks um, and, and the people we serve. So uh, it's at hosts.mn.co. Uh, and it's a, it's a fun, cool place to be. And then I am on Twitter at, uh, at Gina B. Wonderful. I've been on Twitter. I've been on Twitter long enough where at Gina B was available. <laughs> Gina, thank you so much for your time. And yeah, I look forward to seeing what the next 12 months holds. Oh, fantastic. All right, take care. And thank you so much for having me. You'll find links to everything we talked about in today's episode, as well as a place where you can sign up for early info about Sell Your Shit, all in the show notes or within your podcast app. Just a reminder about my lives. They're going to be Mondays at 12 noon over on my Instagram And if you're on my mailing list, you'll get a little email to remind you before they kick off. I hope to see you there or somewhere else online very, very soon. Take care and have a great week.